Welcome to the Silver and Mature Womanpreneur Podcast, a podcast for and by women over 50, providing faith-building strategies for female entrepreneurs looking to achieve higher levels of productivity, capacity, and growth, where we strive to focus on God's agenda while building our businesses to serve our community with excellence. Welcome to the podcast. All right, today I have the pleasure of talking with my friend Michelle Ewing of Robinson Legacy Group. Michelle is a native of Brooklyn, 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 New York. She will fix me if I don't get this right. <laughs> a lieutenant commander <laughs> who was listed in who enlisted in the United States Navy, where she spent 27 years in the Navy. She's a financial culturalist. She specializes in creating an environment for people of all ethnicities to design the type of financial future that leaves a legacy of at least three generations deep. And I might add, she has a degree in psychology, so I need to be careful. (laughs) But the best part of this is (laughs) I can call her my friend. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Aldrima. It's really my pleasure to be here. You know, as much as I love you, I, I'll do as many interviews as you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly appreciate it. I certainly appreciate it. And you know how much I love you too. So, um, so yeah, so let's, let's just kind of talk about this thing. So first, you know, I want to know what – may you decide to start your own business after being in the Navy for 27 years? Most people, and I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. this to be true, but I want to believe that a lot of people would have just retired and said, okay, I'm done. I served, you know, in the Navy. I'm just going to sit back and right. relax and enjoy the fruits of my labor. So, what made you decide to start your own business after retirement and being in it in the Navy for 27 years? Well, first I want to say, um, no, actually the vast majority of us, we end up going to work for someone else because if you think about it, depending on when you have joined the military, you can retire at a very young age because we can start our retirements at like the 20-year mark. So that can be if someone joined the Navy at 18 like I did, um, that could be someone who is 38 years old. And that really is too young for you to just go home and retire. Um, I did 27 years. So I was a little older, you know, than 38. I was 45. And what made me decide that I wanted to start my own businesses, I did not want to take a path that many of my uh, – counterparts take, and that's go and get a government job, work for the government, kind of shift over to the federal side of the house, simply because I was tired of people telling me what to do, right? (laughs) I wanted to have some control over my own life, my own time, the projects that I decided that I wanted to work on. I had spent 27 years of my life Um, A good portion of that was basically, you know, following orders. Then I became an officer, and at that point, they don't really tell you what to do. 
They tell you what needs to be done and in what time frame it needs to be done in. And as a leader, it was my job to utilize the resources that I had whether they were provided or I had to go out and find resources of my own in order to accomplish the mission. So I decided, you know, I think with all the skill sets and the tools that I learned, you know, and acquired while I was on active duty, I need to use that to build something of my own. I wanted to be able to see what all I learned and all the leadership experience I had, how I can make that work for myself and my family. So I can't pass a job on to my grandchildren. Therefore, I needed to build a business. That I can pass on to my children and my grandchildren. So that's what made me decide to start my own business. Number one, I was tired of people telling me what to do, which was the main reason I became an officer in the military. I'm like, there's too many people that can tell me what to do. So therefore, I need to move up the ranks so it's, uh, you know, that number is drastically reduced. <laughs> okay? And then I wanted to be able to leave a financial legacy for my children and for my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Yeah, that is that is so uh, important, too, and because I know that for a lot of people, and I can say those those that may have come up in my era, in my time, mm-hmm. that really that didn't happen, you know. Um, you know, in my time, uh, most of us, you know, were taught. You know, you go to school, right. you right. get your degree, you retire mm-hmm. after thirty years, you know, and then that's it. And then it was almost like life stopped after that. <laughs> right. And so right. I I know, and it's just. You know, we didn't, honestly, the way I grew up, there really wasn't even a whole lot of talk about legacy, unfortunately. And so right. uh, but I'm so glad that you said that. So, And so mm-hmm. even in your answer, you've kind of told me a little bit about your why because you want to leave a legacy. You definitely don't want to be told what to do. You've made that perfectly clear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> So maybe is there a little bit more to your why? I mean, t- tell me, you know, yes. what is what is your why? Tell me a little bit more about that. Let's let's dig into that. Well, a little bit more about my why is I believe in having options. And so my father was thinking about me and my children, well, actually, me and my siblings. He was thinking about his kids and his grandkids and the fact that he wanted us to be able to have property, you know, as we were growing up. He wanted to leave behind a legacy of property. And what that taught me was, my father said this to me, and I will never forget it. He heard me saying to someone that, yeah, I don't, I'm not saving any money. My dad, you know, he has that for action. He's taking care of that already. And what he said to me was, you know, what I'm building is for you, but you don't ever want to sit around and wait for something like that. You don't want to sit around and wait for somebody to die to leave you something. He said, because you see how some of these families out here, they hold their families hostage based on an inheritance. He said, I want you to be in a position where you can tell anybody to go to hell, including me. And I said, Dad, I don't want to 
tell you to go to hell. He said, I didn't say I wanted you to tell me that. I said I wanted you to be in a position to tell me that. That way, no one is holding you hostage with money or anything else. And I never forgot that because what that taught me was to go out here and build for myself. He said, what I'm leaving behind for you is what I'm leaving behind for you and the rest of the family. But this should just be added to what you're already building for yourself. So it didn't teach me to sit back and just be lazy and wait on something from someone. It taught me to also build so that way, whatever my family was leaving behind for me, it would be in conjunction. It would add to what I was already building. So I want my children and my grandchildren to be in that same position where what that really means is I want you to be able to have options. I want you to be able to make your own decisions. I don't want anybody to have leverage over them so that they cannot build the type of life that they would like to build for themselves. They have the option to make their own decisions and build their own legacy. It's not dependent upon me. Oh, well, I have to do this or else mom is not going to leave me any money or she's not going to leave me any property. So my why is helping my family and the people that care about me, which is including my communities, the various communities that I belong to, whether that's the military community, whether that's the, my community of women, African Americans, people of color, you know, to help all those communities be able to build options for themselves and for their families. That's my why, helping people to be able to create options for themselves. Because when you don't have options, you don't have choices. And someone is making the choice for you. I spent 27 years in the military because I wanted to fight for freedom, freedom of my fellow countrymen. Well, this is now my way of fighting for the freedom of my fellow countrymen is helping them to build a financial fortress that can last at least three generations deep. That's their freedom, financial freedom. I love that. I love that. So would you say that – so so I know, since I know you personally, I know how, how strong your belief is in, you know, in that. And so, yes. and, and so I know that that's a part of your personal mission as well as your business mission. And so Correct. how does that feed into what you do in your business as far as a Robinson Legacy Group? How does that translate to your business? Uh, the way that translates is I have a vast um, background in diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as spending 27 years in the military helping to work alongside and train people and lead alongside people of a variety of backgrounds. Some people come from working poor, working class, middle class, upper middle class. You know, we have people that are from the Latino community. You know, I have people that are from the Asian and Pacific Islander community, African-American community, the European-American community. So 
I'm used to dealing with people from various backgrounds. And I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, right? New York City is the melting pot. <laughs> so my, my teaching or me learning about diversity and actual inclusion and a respect for culture started out very early in my life because I have even my siblings, you know, we, we have a, a melting pot just in my house alone. And so I take what I know about culture and inclusion and differences, find our common ground so that we can create a common goal for each individual based upon their background and their desires in order to come up with a financial plan for them and their families that is just tailor-made for them. Because, for example, growing up here in the United States, we tend to be very individualistic. But if I'm speaking to someone who grew up in China or someone who grew up, you know, in, a, in another country, they, are, they may be more collective. So they're thinking about their entire family rather than just themselves. I learned that while I was in, on active duty in the military doing a financial counseling with one of my sailors because she was sending money home to her family and experiencing some financial difficulty, you know, right here in the United States. So I think that someone who's a novice or who did not pay much attention to culture would have told her, well, you have to stop sending money to your family in China. Well, you can't tell her that because that's part of their culture and that is what she was raised to do, help take care of her family. So I had to ask her what she thought some possible solutions might be for her so that she would be able to balance it more effectively. So when I sit down with my clients, regardless of the background that they're from, I like to make sure they feel as though they are being treated with dignity and respect based upon their cultural background or whatever that culture is. It, does, it doesn't matter to me. But what we have to do is come up with a plan that is tailor-made for them in such a way that they actually feel as though they can accomplish it. Accomplish it. It's not up to me to force anything on them. It's up to me to listen to them, find out what's important to them, also along with their goals, and help them set up a strategic plan in order to be able to meet those goals. Wow, that is, wow. You, you said a whole lot in just a few seconds there. You said a whole lot because I think that people really don't understand the, um, the importance of looking at things from um, a, a, a different perspective when you're, when you're dealing with different clients from different cultures. That's why they call you the financial culturalist. Yes. <laughs> but, when, yes. but when you're looking at, you know, when you're counseling or coaching or, you know, uh, talking with someone from a different culture, it is so important that you not bring in your point of view but allow them to um, be able to kind of, you know, form and create the type of plan that's going to work within their belief system and their core of core values and their yes. culture. Would I be would I yes. be correct in explaining it that way? Yes, you would. And you know, sometimes mm -hmm. those values 
it doesn't even have to be about ethnicity or anything like that. It could also be family culture, right? One family, mm. whether they're an African-American family or a white family or Hispanic, Latino family, you know, whether it's an LGBTQ family, right, because we have to include them in that as well, you know, they mm. may have been a family of savers or they may have been a family of spenders. Like in my family, on my father's side, he's a saver. On my mother's side, she's a spender. So it all depends on the family dynamics and how people were brought up. And then there are the ethnic, the ethnicities, the backgrounds, and different things like that that also play a part in how people view money. Because as a culture here in the United States, we are largely very ignorant when it comes to how money works. So it's my job to help fill in those gaps. Yeah, wow, wow. So what's your definition of success? My definition of success is doing what I am called to do and doing it with excellence, being exactly who I say that I am and making sure that the people around me feel important and empowered. Empowerment is very, very important to me. So I really look at how do people feel when they leave me? How do they feel? And so if they feel empowered to be able to do something different and more positive for themselves, that for me is a success. Walking in my gifts based on what God has called me to do. And if I'm doing that right, that's going to bring about success. Mm-hmm. And then on the monetary yeah. side, being able to leave my great-grandkids some options, that's success. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. What would you say that, because um, I want to leave, you know, the listeners with some tips and strategies that could help them because I know how important, you know, empowerment is to you, like you just said, Uh, and we have had many conversations, you know, about this. So I know uh, we don't want to leave this call without having given them some, you know, tips or strategies, whether it's business or finances or, you know, or maybe Mm -hmm. even like the top mistakes that you see in in your industry, in coaching clients and and, and uh, working with clients, what are some of the top mistakes that you see or some tips and strategies, like I said, that would help okay. the listeners? Well, what I would say is because now these are the tips, and you can look at the other side of the coin for the things to avoid. Uh, number one, I would say be true to God and be, to yourself. Um, number two, hang out with winners right? Because if you hang out with five millionaires, you'll be the sixth one. You know, um, lead from the front, okay? Don't be afraid to be the first to step out there and do what you need to do for your families because we can break these generational curses with the generational strengths that have been bestowed upon us because we have those two. 
Get your finances in order. That's number four. That's so important. Get your finances in order. And five, leave a positive financial legacy for your children and your grandchildren because that is what will help leave a positive financial legacy for your communities. It starts at home. Oh, my gosh. So true, so true, because if you're – if your stuff is raggedy at home, how can you empower someone else? <laughs> That's right. You know, to, and chances yeah, are your yeah. children, your children, you passing that along. Children don't mm-hmm. do what we say. They do what they see us do. So if our stuff is raggedy, chances are their stuff is going to be raggedy, and then we just keep passing that on. Well, we can flip that and make that a positive and pass along good financial practices. Yeah, yeah, that is that is so true. So, uh, if someone wanted to reach you, how would they best be able to connect with you if they wanted to reach out to you, uh, get some financial uh, coaching, things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, how would they be able to do that? Um, one of the best ways is to visit my website. That is livingbenefitsexperts.com slash lifetime legacies. That's livingbenefits.com slash lifetime legacies. I can also be reached at M-I-C-H-E-L-E dot E-W-I-N-G one, that's the number one, at gmail.com. Okay, now um, that's the best way to reach me. I don't want to leave my telephone number because, you know, these telemarketers are treacherous out here nowadays, and I tend not to respond to telephone (laughs) numbers that I don't call, you know, that I don't know. And so um, those are the best ways to reach me. Those are, you know, especially the email. But if they go to my website, they can also sign up for my blog, and receive tips in their email inbox at least twice a month. Got it. They can do that every other week. They'll get uh, financial tips in their email inbox, and they can go and check out some of the videos because we talk about money. We have plenty of videos that talk about money. They're only a few minutes long, two to three minutes long. You can go ahead on there and take a little quiz that we have on there, that ask you, do you think you know about money? And they can find out how much they know about money. Oh, I may have to do that one because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, when I think I know, <laughs> right, I realize right. I don't know enough. I don't know a lot. <laughs> right. Sometimes so we, we think we know more so, than we actually do. Yeah, yeah. That is so true. Real talk, real talk. So what's what's on the horizon for Robinson Legacy Group? What's on the horizon? What you got coming up? Well, what we have coming up um, is we do workshops. They're called Money 101 workshops. We also have Wine, Women, and Wealth workshops. So we have a Money 101 workshop coming up this coming Monday, Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and feel free to send me an email if you would like to hear more about that. Um, 
and also we're we're hiring like we're looking for people to help us reach out to the community it's not something that you have to do full time you know you can just help introduce me to people and you know i give out referrals you know uh bonuses and different things like that so that's what we have coming up we we're trying to build an army of financial consultants that can help us reach out to the different prospective communities so that we can avoid, you know, a lifetime of debt and struggling Mm. and suffering and set our children and our grandchildren up for a more prosperous future. Awesome, awesome. Well, Michelle, you know, you and I can stay and talk for hours, and we have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But uh, um, I thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you so much for your wealth of knowledge and wisdom and how you continue to impact your community. And, and I can tell you from personal experience that, you know, that you have tremendously impacted my life uh, with your wisdom well, in you. terms of finances and, and business. And, and I may not always get to tell you, but I'm telling you now, Oh, thank you. you now, thank you. Thank you, you know, for what you, you know, what you do to empower others. And, and I, and I got to say this, you know, to the listeners, Michelle can get people to do almost anything. You have that magnetic <laughs> from thank helping you. us to, to detox, to, you know, helping us to get to this, uh, um, uh, money one-on-one or whatever workshop yeah. you've got going, yeah. you just have a way of doing that. And so I am just so excited for, you know, the things that you have coming up and what you're doing. And I just wanted to well, personally thank you. thank you for being on the show. And uh, I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And, and thank you for trusting me because a lot of it is, is based in trust. And I'm into overall wellness, whether that be physical, mental, financial, emotional, spiritual, you know, it's about overall wellness and finances and health. They're big parts of our overall wellness because if we're not eating well, we're not thinking well. And if our finances are all jacked up, guess what? We're not thinking well and we're probably not eating well. So it turns out, it turns into a vicious cycle. So I really appreciate you all, you know, trusting me enough to take that, some of these journeys with me because, you know, we can do anything together. There is power in unity. So I yeah. appreciate you for having me on here. And you're fantastic yourself. You know, you're one of my coaches. So, of course, you know, I'm going to get this right. Right. I know, I know sometimes I'll be getting on your nerves on the process side, but, you know, my heart is in the right place, and I will keep trying over and over and over again because I tend to be pretty relentless. You know, resilience, I, I, don't, I don't lack yeah. anything in resilience. I can be pretty relentless. <laughs> so I'll get it right at some point in time. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely a pleasure working with you, so you know that already. But, uh, yeah, so yes. thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate it. All the information will be in the show notes on, in terms of how you can connect with Michelle. And uh, I am. I can't wait to see how many people reach out, you know, to connect with you and, uh, and work with yes. you and, and get hired because there's a lot of people, you know, looking for employment uh, that 
that looks like, um, how can I say this, with, with, this, with this whole, and I'm, I'm getting on a, a, another, mm-hmm. other, another topic, kind of, but right, right. Um, there's, this, there's been this huge, huge, what they call, you know, re, re, uh, retirement. I can't remember the term of it right now, but anyway, there's a whole lot of people. Resignation, that's the, that's the word, yes. thank you. Yes. There's this whole, you know, uh, a lot of people are, have moved and they want to work the way they want to work is what I'm saying. Right. And so thank you for offering. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for offering them. I want to make sure I remind them though, I won't be their boss, right? It'll be a career change, but it'll be a career change of an an entrepreneur and you can play as hard or, you know, as laid back as you choose, you know, it's a 1099. So I won't be bossing anybody around, but I will definitely be happy to help them be able to make the type of income that they would like to make, even if it's an extra you know, a thousand or two thousand dollars per month into their household. Okay, I'll be glad to help them with that. But you know, this whole great resignation is because people are tired. Yeah. They're tired of yeah. people telling them what to do. They're tired of trying to find work-life balance. They're tired of toxic leaders, and they're tired of toxic work culture. So leaders are going to have to do something about it. I'm usually well ahead of my time because I've been talking about this for the past fifteen, twenty years. But mm. leaders don't always want to listen. But I, I bet you they're finding out now. <laughs> that part. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> thank you for joining me, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, this is Aldrema Harper, and thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you got value for where you are in your entrepreneurial endeavor. And if you'd like to know more about how I can further serve you, simply go to CoachDreamer.com. Again, that's CoachDreamer.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an amazing day.